This is the Dose of Support podcast. Only healthcare people understand what we go through. So here, we share stories and self-care each month with colleagues who get it. I'm Dr. Vanessa Casper, a nurse practitioner, and I'm your host. Are you ready for a dose of support? Dose of support and guests hosts are not affiliated or representing an employer or organization. Remember that I'm not your healthcare provider and my guests are not here to provide healthcare advice either. But do seek out care from your own healthcare professional. Remember to protect privacy and follow HIPAA. It's hard out there. So let's find some self-care in healthcare together. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Dosies. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode. Let's huddle up. I was feeling guilty, and I'm here to tell you I was feeling guilty because of my need to scale back on the podcast. And here we are doing monthly episodes, and I feel so much better. But I was holding myself to an expectation for well over a year to produce an amazing episode every week and do all this marketing. And I love what we've created together. I love the community we have online. I love what we have done. But it was too much for me, one individual, to do. And I feel like I have created a boundary now by saying, I'm going to do this once a month. I feel like I have followed my own advice and the advice of the guests that we've had on the show to create these healthy boundaries and to not have burnout, to not have feelings of cynicism. Every time I come on the microphone, I want you to feel like I'm here for you. And and I feel like I can do that now. I feel like when I'm here recording an episode with a guest or coming on to huddle up with you that you're getting me and it feels really good. So I just wanted you to know that's kind of where I'm at and that I've had some really, I've had a really good month at work. I feel really good about it. I had a lot of days off. I did two um, education conferences from home and it just feels really good to be in my new house and enjoying this space that I'm still creating. It's really a work in progress, but I'm really, really happy and I'm so glad that I was able to take time in between each episode to focus on me. And that is what you should do. My dear, dear doses. I hope that when you hear this, you feel empowered to make a change or to put yourself first because our employers aren't going to do that. They're going to say that they will, but we can't always rely on other things, other people. We must put ourselves first. And I hope to lead by example there. So with that, I hope you enjoy this lovely episode with Dr. Barnes. So stay tuned. Welcome back to Dose of Support. Sharice Barnes is a pharmacist with expertise in allergy care, here to share a story related to teaching students in pharmacy, and all the way from the greater Atlanta, Georgia area, is Dr. Barnes. Welcome, Sharice. How are you? I'm great, Vanessa. How are you today? I'm, I slept. I'm doing, a lot of people know, (laughs) a lot of people know that my child does not sleep. And um, so I actually slept well last night. So thank you for asking. So (laughs) Sharice has listened to the show before. So she knows that we've had a couple pharmacists and pharmacy professionals on the show. And uh, Sharice, what brought you to pharmacy in it from the beginning? Take us back. 
back in time? So I started pharmacy. Um, I was actually working for an independent pharmacy, which is like a community pharmacy, a mom and pop store in my very small town. Oh, cute. Uh, when I was in a high school. So my goal was actually to be a radiologist. Um, being a pharmacist was basically supposed to be my weekend job. So <laughs> I went to pharmacy school. And when I was doing my internal rotation at um, Grady Health System, I was talking to some of the medical students on my internal med rotation. And they just said they were so miserable. And I was like, you know what? I don't think med school is for me. Let me stick to pharmacy. So that's what I did. I finished up my pharmacy um, program and started working in retail pharmacy and hospital pharmacy at the same time. It was the best of both worlds, being able to function in both environments. And then later I transitioned into hospital pharmacy full-time because it was more family friendly and been there ever since. I love a little mom and pop pharmacy. I think if anyone is listening and they've been in a small town, like those big chain pharmacies often aren't there. And so you're relying on your little local mom or pop pharmacist to help you with your medications. Um, So a really important, I think a really important resource. So now you're in hospital pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Walk me through what is a day in the life as Dr. Sharice Barnes, the hospital pharmacist, like, like, what do you do? Walk me through your day. Oh, gosh. So my day starts at seven o'clock in the morning. I'm always greeting everyone. Say, hey, how are you? Or like it's Monday. I say, happy Monday. I'm always trying to bring that positive vibe into the environment. Um, But when I get my day started, I'm actually responsible for so many different nursing units. Um, I serve as um, vascular surgery. One of my floors has four different services. Wow. So I do vascular surgery, cardiothoracic surgery. I follow some lung transplant patients and my baby is pulmonary hypertension patients. I really uh, love that population and take care of those patients. And then my other floors are like your med surge or internal med floors. So our main priority is to one, verify those orders so the nurses can give their medications to the patients. And then secondly, we do pharmacokinetics monitoring, like for drugs like vancomycin and aminoglycosides, those mm-hmm. types of antibiotics. We actually dose those medications, put them on regimens, follow mm-hmm. the levels. And then we also do have an anticoagulation service in which we monitor patients that's currently on warfarin, your blood thinners, and also your DOAGs. We provide education to those patients as well. So that's the gist of my day besides troubleshooting things for nurses, providing nurse education to nurses or doctors, because I work in a teaching or academic setting. So you're mm-hmm. constantly teaching people, whether it's your peers or with the nurses or doctors or just collaborating uh, with the attendings to find the best care for the patient. You'll be yeah. amazed with all the teamwork you have to do in order to come together as a village to take care of patients. So that's just part of the things I do besides, you know, training new pharmacists, training new pharmacy residents, precepting students, and just being that troubleshooter and always that helping hand, helping up my colleagues when they get overwhelmed with their workload. I legit don't know what I would do without my pharmacist. I am texting her constantly. I mean, shout out to Amy Busker, my Patreon, um, <laughs> because she she saves my ass in more ways than one. And so I think what you, I want to highlight what you said, because the whole interdisciplinary team 
is so important, especially Mm -hmm. here on Dose of Support. That's why we have so much variety in our show. That's why we always interview so many different people, because if we don't understand what you do all day, how can we work with you better? How can we provide better care for patients? And when you said that, like, you're teaching nurses and you're teaching and like, girl, (laughs) I, I, you don't even I have, uh, oh, I've so been there. I've so been there. And and if you're working at a, a teaching hospital, you've got all sorts of different students, you know, mm-hmm. physical therapy students, nursing students, like residents, like little baby physicians that, you know, you know, oh, don't know how to take a blood pressure. Um, well, they do. They do. Okay, I'll give they them a do. little bit of credit. I'll <laughs> give them a little bit of credit. I was about to say July the first every year. Oh my gosh. That's yep, the best yep. time to take a vacation because that's when you get all the newbies. <laughs> but when I was hearing you say that you juggle all these different departments, especially your transplant and pulmonary hypertension patients, um, I am a former ICU transplant nurse. So I mm-hmm. I know what the medications are that you're talking about. And these are really scary drugs. Like they, mm, oh, they take lots of monitoring. And I remember relying heavily on my pharmacist team to help me figure out how to troubleshoot dosing or uh, I just remember it being like a very high intensity environment. So what I'm wondering, is it just you for all of these patients or are you part of a group of pharmacists pharmacists that are working for all of these patients? Only the lung transplant patients have their own clinical pharmacy specialists. But all of those other patients that I take care of, it's me. Oh my so gosh. So they really so they really rely on me to be a resource for them, you know, making sure that the patient's on the right medication, the right dose, the right indication, you know, watching their renal function. Um, so they really depend on pharmacy and myself to be there I for mean, them. Call me crazy, but that seems like a high workload for you. Like, it is. It's, it's scary. Well, no lie. It's challenging. It is. And it's funny because sometimes my colleagues doesn't want to work my area, especially when I go on vacation or I work on a different, because we have like a rotation. You pretty much have your, like an area, like a zone, those different nursing units. And then one day you yeah. work in an inpatient pharmacy. And so when people cover me, they're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you have so much work. I said, it's, it's a lot of work. I said, but at the end of the day, I feel good about what I do because I make an impact on that patient's life that's laying in bed who needs my help to help those nurses get what they need or help the doctors and make the right decisions. So I had a philosophy. I like to treat each patient as if it's my family member or myself. So just having that mentality just changes everything. So it sounds like you get a lot of fulfillment, gratification Mm -hmm. from the hard work that you do. And I just want to acknowledge that this is some high level decision making and like high stakes situations with intensive care patients and post, you know, heart lung transplants. I mean, this is this is high stakes and. It sounds like it brings you a lot of satisfaction. It does. How often do you see yourself? How often do you see a pharmacist, a hospital pharmacist in the news? Never. Or Oh, oh, okay. Never. No, I don't think we're recognized at all. I think a lot of people associate pharmacists with someone working behind the prescription counter at the local pharmacy. They forget about how much 
pharmacy professionals, you know, that we can work in so many different areas to make an impact on patient lives. You know, it's not just hospital pharmacy, it's just not retail pharmacy. Mm-hmm. You can work in pharmaceutical industry, nuclear pharmacy, long-term care facilities, home health. I mean, the list goes on and on. I mean, the knowledge that we have that we can bring to patient care is is unbelievable. Yeah, and not recognized, like you said. And so that's why we bring it out here. Yes, ma'am. Because, <laughs> because, <laughs> so we have had we have had a long-term care type pharmacist on in episode two. We had a research pharmacist on, I think it was episode 29. Um, we had a pharmacy tech that's in a hospital on, and I think it was eight, episode 18. And so you're a hospital pharmacist, so very different, very intense work. Um, and so there's lots of variety in, mm-hmm. in the pharmacy arena. Okay. So what is the best part of your job? I think the best part of my job is knowing that a patient is safe, that they got the right medication. Yeah. Okay. What is the most challenging or worst part or part that you don't like? I guess a part I don't like is sometimes the workload gets so heavy that sometimes you feel like you don't have all the support that you need to get your job done or the tools that you need to get your job done. So when you say like the help that you need, do you need more staff or do you need more more like techs at hand or do you need more time to do the work or what do you think? I think it's a combination. I think it's more staff, more teamwork, um, just being more collaborative. And that's not just saying just pharmacy, it's the whole healthcare system itself. You know, sometimes doctors need to be a little bit more proactive as well as the nurses. Everybody has to do their part. We're so siloed. I mean, we're all like Mm -hmm. doing our own thing. And I think we're all kind of in this like survival mode. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all just trying to get by. I mean, we're in COVID right now when Mm -hmm. we're we're recording this anyway. And I, I feel like I think we all want that. We all want to collaborate. We all want to streamline things. We all want to make it better. But we are all just surviving Exactly. Oh, if we could just close down healthcare for like six months and we could all go to like Tahiti and just um, reset. Oh, wouldn't that be wonderful? And just do just do a reset. Nobody needs healthcare for six months. Wow. Um, everyone stay mm. healthy. <laughs> that that That's would never amazing. work. <laughs> <laughs> no, it would not. But, but it's so true, though. Um, everyone yeah. is just, you know, they're trying to survive. And I yeah. get it. Because some days it's hard. It really is. Um, we need to hit a reset button. And we like, do. I don't know if if we can do that individually. I think that that's some of what we do here on Dose of Support is talk about how people do that for themselves. But mm-hmm. I think our whole system in America, we do have um, a lot of people abroad listen. And so I, I know that, you know, in America, if we could just like reset our healthcare system and have it work differently um, that would be a big step forward for us, and it would really help a lot of the professionals working that are fried. Um, okay, so totally with agree. that, with that, we are going to take a little break, and when we come back, sure. Dr. Barnes is going to share a story from practice and some self-care tips, so stay tuned.
And welcome back from that little break. We have Dr. Sharice Barnes, a inpatient hospital pharmacist with us, and she's going to share a story about teaching. So take it away, Sharice. So as you know, I love to teach people and just educate them. But I think one of the main stories I like to share is um, precepting one of my pharmacy students. Um, I remember when a student came, um, they had never been in a hospital pharmacy before. So everything was brand new. They were green as an apple. And I really had my work cut out for me. Um, and I was like, oh, my gosh, it was so busy. Because, you know, when you precept a student, um, you still have to do your workload. And you're teaching at the same time because you want to teach them uh, what you do, how you do it, and also apply to what they're looking to do with their pharmacy career. So in this individual, um, they were thinking about doing retail pharmacy or they weren't really sure. But I must say... Just working with the student from day one and not knowing some of the things that you expect a student to know until maybe like the second or third week, you can start to see things click a little bit. But it was just so rewarding um, after the five weeks with the student just to see the growth, to grow from green as an apple to basically like a flower just blooming. And, you know, when I saw that student later on in, in the next five week block with another preceptor, the student was just like on top of things and they came to me later and said, you know, what? thank you so much for Aww. all that you poured into me, all that you, all the time, the hard work, because they said, I knew it was a lot of work. I needed that. <laughs> but to say though, um, the pharmacy student actually just inspired me to be able to follow my passion, to bring more awareness to food allergies and asthma. Because so many people don't realize the extent of food allergies. They hear about it, but it doesn't really affect them until it hits home. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been one of my passions, just getting the awareness out about food allergies, what it is, how to prevent people from having allergic reactions, prevent them from going to the ER, just knowing what to do next. Because a lot of times people find out about their allergies and some are giving EpiPens and some are not. Um, yep. That's a lot of things that's happening these days in our healthcare you see a lot of disparities that some people are not able to afford their medications and they don't know that they can contact the manufacturer or the drug company to get assistance or they're lacking that medical care that they don't have those specialists close by, yeah. maybe 50 miles to an hour or to a hundred miles away before they can get that. So I just feel like as teaching students, it's also good to teach the community too as well about different things like the food allergies, the asthma and allergies, and just also diabetes, just trying to be more proactive in our healthcare. Um, so that's my story. Um, I wanted to share um, just educating people, follow my passion, bring more awareness and help close those gaps um, in our communities um, with the food allergies and the asthma because so many people are affected. Um, okay. By those different things. So take me back to this student situation. I have sure. also done a lot of teaching. I love teaching. I love precepting. Um, and a lot of people don't. Like some people are like, that's not for me. Um, oh, and that's okay. But it's it, for me, it's really rewarding. And I'm guessing that you find that to be like, oh, this like gooey feeling that just feels gooey. I don't know why gooey came to mind. But um, <laughs> It gives you the warm fuzzies and I love seeing the light bulb moment. Like there's mm-hmm. a moment where they get it 
And like you said, like it clicks. And for me, that moment is the thing that is like the reward, the satisfaction from any work that I've put into this person and their, their growth. But what, what keeps you when you're, when you're taxed with your workload and teaching, how do you balance that? So typically what I do is uh, first, when I first have the student at first week, I find out what are their goals for the rotation? You know, what do they want to get out of the rotation? And that's how I, you know, basically customize it. So what I do is um, if my workload is really heavy, I will basically give them a patient to work up. Like we have like a bank of mycin and I should let them work that patient up. And then what we would do actually discuss it once they get finished. So, or I may give them a drug information project. So I still keep them engaged so they're not just sitting there looking at me work, but Mm -hmm. I actually give them things to do hands-on that's really that you would actually do in real practice. So you're kind of delegating and then you're just double-checking their work. mm -hmm. Um, I like that. And teaching at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. When you tell me more about this allergy situation, because it sounds like besides your role in the hospital, you, you take a lot of time on your off time to teach and educate people about about food allergies and food sensitivities and, and environmental allergies as well? So how it all came about is my son has um, asthma, seasonal allergies, and he's allergic to peanuts and tree nuts. Wow. And I'm allergic to shellfish. Okay. Um, but I had an adult onset. He had it when he was two years old. And I remember when we found out about his allergy, you know, of course, we were given an EpiPen prescription for it and they showed us how to use it. But that was it. You know, mm-hmm. at that time, I had no idea, OK, what foods can he have, what he can't have, how are we going to deal with the whole daycare situation? And yeah. oh, my gosh, when he went to elementary school, that was a totally mm-hmm. different ball game because mm-hmm. you have to worry about class parties, cafeteria food, if kids going to bring things into the classroom. So it was just so challenging just trying to figure yeah. everything out. And I feel that, you know, a lot of people need that support, not to take the place of a physician, but just that support to know what to do next. Because so many yeah. doctors are so busy in healthcare that they don't have the time to stop and say, hey, um, besides giving you a website, you know, websites are good, mm-hmm. but you have to know how to use it. And sometimes people need that one-on-one yeah. time. For someone to explain things, break it down to them to say, hey, if this happens, what should I do? Oh, hey, how do I read to read the food label? Does it say it contains or does it say it's a manufacturer or something? If I want to travel, what should I do? If I go out to eat, can I read the menu to know it's going to be safe for me? Oh, my gosh, we can go on and on. I can talk for hours about food allergy <laughs> awareness. Your your personal, like... So this is very personal. Thank you for sharing that. And it it sounds like, but it sounds like what you went through as a mom Mm -hmm. and a professional, like it's, you you knew what should have been done and was not done for you. And it sounds like this was really taxing, even on somebody who had the knowledge of Mm -hmm. what to do, where to go, who to ask questions to. And a lot of our patients don't have that. Exactly. That's, it's a gift that you had that knowledge. It's awesome that you had that, but it was still overwhelming. And I just want to highlight that, like being a parent is hard anyway, 
And then you add like (laughs) the food allergies or any illness or any issue on top of that, that people have to navigate. And our healthcare system is also so convoluted. Like luckily you knew how to navigate that. You knew who to ask questions to and what to do next. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't even know where to start. So good for you for like taking that on and maybe... Um, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that later, but it sounds like your passion for this came from, um, being a mom and what happened with your kiddo. Exactly. Okay. Well, so I'm in the trenches right now. I have an almost two year old and Uh-oh. I I do not sleep. Um, <laughs> and, and remember those days, oh, it sounds like during this time, um, this is when the allergies popped up for your son and take me back to being an overwhelmed parent. And what did you do? So what I did was I had to learn to give myself grace. Number one, just give myself a little space and try to try to figure things out. And then two, I just had to learn to start making time for myself to give myself a little me time. Um, Just try to find ways to give myself more self-care because, you know, as a mom, as a pharmacist, you just get so busy. You know, you're busy at work, you're busy at home, and you're running the kids to wherever they have to go, and you just kind of forget about yourself. And then you realize, wait a minute, I matter too. So I had to learn yeah. to make time for myself, to ask for help, you know, when I needed help and support. And then I also started recently um, scheduling a massage at least once a month. And I try to okay. definitely take time to exercise if it's just walking. Recently, I kept working with my personal trainer at least twice a week. Um, just try to have that 30 minutes on my schedule, um, yeah. even if I don't work out hard or anything, but it's my time. Um, so I think I'm it's guessing moms- that like all of these ideas did not happen overnight for you. Oh like, no. Oh no. It took a it's, long time. It's a, learning, <laughs> it's a learning process to get to it is. a place of like finding what works for you mm-hmm. and um, what doesn't work for you. Like I have found that journaling doesn't work for me. I can't do a yeah, daily I can't do journal, journaling. No, I can't yeah, but, but I like to every once in a while, I guess it's just, it's bizarre. So I, it sounds like a little bit of trial and error, taking some Definitely. time for yourself and like scheduling that in. Um, mm-hmm. And you have to make an investment in yourself. And even the massage, I kept going back and forth if I wanted to do it and if I yeah. could afford it. But then I realized with sitting down so much some days when I'm on the computer working, uh-huh. it really messes <laughs> with your back, your neck. And sometimes you need that. I mean, even if you can't do it once a month, yeah. at least twice a year. Or once yeah. a year, you know, treat yourself, good, you know, you can put idea. away $5 every pay period until you have enough to, you can actually get one, you know, at least aim for once a year. Financial health is a whole nother thing. Another, that, whole, topic. It, yes. another whole topic, but yeah, that, <laughs> that is a good, that's a good way to look at it. If you, if anyone listening is like, I can't afford that. Well, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe eventually you can. Exactly. But you have to invest in yourself. Because if you don't invest in yourself, then you're not going to be able to show up every day to be your best, best self. Yeah. So that's a lot of self-care. Like you seem to have it down. Like, Well, I'm still working. And like you said, it did not happen overnight. It took what, maybe 20 years to get to this point. Wow. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, a lot of trial and error, because um, to be honest with you, when the kids were smaller, 
I didn't take out time for myself. So over time, it happened. So it doesn't happen over the night, but I just suggest that everyone, you know, choose something that works for you. Um, that's something you can pencil in on your schedule. Because if you don't put it in your calendar, it won't happen. Sharice, I'm not saying, waiting. I'm not waiting 20 <laughs> years. I'm not waiting 20 years for self-care. I'll tell you I that. know. I know. Um, time flies. You know, you do things along the way, but then it's finally, like you say, it clicks with the student, it clicks with you too. Like, look, enough yeah, is enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think people listening, that's a really good message. Um, I I like to tell people, like, I'm on this self-care journey too. I want to find self-care in healthcare too. And as as we move through our lives and the pandemic and whatever's mm-hmm. going on in, in our lives, I, I just think, like, if we don't prioritize this now, even if we don't know what this is, like trying something new, doing something for yourself needs to be a priority um, until, until the system starts to work for us. Right. Like, like we said in the beginning, like if we could hit a reset button for the system and fix healthcare, like that would probably solve a lot of the burnout issues Mm -hmm. and a lot of the boundary issues and a lot of, you know, it would probably solve a lot of issues, but no one is going to come and save you. (laughs) No, no one's going to do that for you. Um, I have high hopes for the future, but you can make change now in your life. And it's, it sounds like, it sounds like you've been on a 20 year journey of, of doing that. And let's all take a, a note from Sharice to like, not, <laughs> not take 20 years for it to click. Hopefully. Well, it sounds like it clicked a lot, a lot before that, but. no, oh, I um, did, but it's like, yeah. it's really, it's really full circle now though. It's, it's yeah. like, I definitely make sure I make time for myself. Um, it's a must. It's not something that I wish I could do. I make it happen. Awesome. I'm not going to wait 20 years. You've given me inspiration. <laughs> don't don't let the next 20 years fly by of you not sleeping and working yourself to like crazy. And um, I'm going to take that as a good message. And and with that, if if anyone loves your message, Sharice, and they want to follow you or connect with you, they have pharmacy questions. How can they do that? Sure. You can follow me on Instagram at AFA Allergies, that's A-L-P-H-A Allergies, or you can follow me, um, or you can send me an email at info at AFAAllergies.com. Thank you, Sharice Barnes, for joining the show today and sharing your stories and your (laughs) self-care. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed myself. Find us on Instagram, Facebook, online at doseofsupport.com and give us a dose of support with a rating, review, or donation on Patreon. Dose of Support is organized, contracted, written, recorded, edited, mixed, produced, published, marketed by me, Dr. Vanessa Casper, with exclusive music by John Schreier. I will be back in your ears next time with another dose of support.